You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Or at least it would seem that way. Today we'll take a look at the other side of the story. Well, maybe not the other side, but at least a different point of view concerning what's going on in America today. Join me on today's phone interview as I continue to practice current COVID-19 guidelines, but share with you a different hues point of view. Thank you for listening. Yo. Good morning, sir. Good morning, how are you? Sounds like you're in the car. Yeah. Hold on one second, let me adjust. Okay. How are you today? Exhausted. But uh, anytime I even try to let up a little bit, I just remember what a lot of other people went through and I keep my foot on the gas. I stay focused. Keep moving forward. Yeah, a little exhausted, but I know what my I know what my focus is. I know the direction I'm supposed to be moving in. So I'm staying the course, so to speak. But before we go ahead and move forward into the podcast, why don't you go ahead and tell the people who you are, where you're at, and um, yeah, just give them a brief introduction on who we're talking to. Um, my name is Ryan Tomlinson, and uh, you know. I guess, you know, you want to know a little bit about me or my background or what do you, what, what specifically do you want to, want me to dive into? Well, all the previous podcasts that I've done started out talking about COVID-19, but COVID-19 is obviously not the issue right now. The issue is Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter and the movement. So I think the most important thing, although it'd be nice to know what your job was and, you know, how, how nice things were right now, that's, that's not what we're talking about. So I guess you would want to probably elaborate on your stance or your, your standing or, or your support or your position in this movement right now, because that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's awkward and, and somewhat uncomfortable for me to comment on it. I, you know, I, I reached out to listen to you um, and to, you know, to, to your experience and what you're observing. But um you know, from from my standpoint, um, I, I'm I don't even know. I don't even know where. Take a break. Um, yeah, I can do that for you. Uh, I've been yeah. to uh, three to four different protests in about three to four days. Uh, I thought I was going to go out to the first protest and you know see what these young people were talking about, make sure they were moving in the right direction to try to remove any situations that I saw at these protests that I thought shouldn't be there. And I mean, once you stepped out there into that energy, it was kind of hard to not go back there again and again and again, because you see what they're doing is real. There's a lot of shit that's in this world for the past couple of years that's, that's not real. These kids that came out here on these front lines and put themselves in harms, all shapes and sizes, colors alike, came out there for something that's real. Now don't get me wrong, I saw a lot of fucking Photoshop, I mean, selfie being taken in front of the police cars with the signs up and the afros and the black fish, but the second day I didn't see those same people, and the third day I didn't see those same people, but some people I did see. So the process is going to weed out the ones that are really there for the struggle, really there for the movement, and the ones that aren't. I mentioned in a previous post how in the beginning I wanted to go out there and tear shit up because Colin Kaepernick took in these silently, and you didn't hear that. You only hear when you get hit in your fucking pockets. And that was my focus. But being a logical father, husband, son, 
when I went out there and I saw these kids and I saw their passion, I was like, that's not my position. They got that. So my position is going to be to keep them as safe as possible. Again, they want protests. So I put myself in a position to make sure those protests remain peaceful. They're screaming and yelling because they're hurting. I had to take the hurt out of my equation and, and think about safety. I mean, the main reason I'm out there is because I don't want my sons and my daughters to grow up in the world that we live in today. I don't want them to grow up in the world that I grew up in. I don't want them to grow up in the world that my mother and grandmother and grandfather had to grow up in. So once you accept that responsibility, it's really challenging to stop moving forward. I mean, I have to be smart about it. I'm not fucking 25 years old anymore, a little bit older, so I come home, I eat, I take showers, I focus very, very highly on keeping my energy high because everything that you do, even if you're in there cooking up a nice new meal, you got to take some joy out of that because everything that you're doing out there on that front line is, is taken away from your high vibration and your high energy. So you have to find other sources to make sure you stay high in your vibration, in your energy. Because your body's going to start to break down if you don't. I want to be out there every day, but as I wake up in the morning and I'm slowly and slower to get up out of my bed, I got to think about, okay, how am I going to be able to do this for the long haul? You know, I can do some days on the front line and I can do some days in here on the phone doing some research, reaching out to some people, some younger people, some more people that haven't got out there, making them understand that this is real, it's not going away, and and the best thing you can do is is... Be on the right side of history, so to speak. Now, I shared that with you to sort of hopefully help you not feel as awkward as you just mentioned you just felt about speaking upon this because there should be no awkwardness. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. <clears throat> I appreciate that. And, you know, you're my brother, so I don't feel awkward talking to you about it. I just, you know, as a, as a, as a white man, I've always, I've always sort of like felt... Um, connected and, and, you know, a part of a community that was inclusive. Um, and this is definitely, uh, this moment in time has definitely allowed me some self-reflection and some space to sort of like do some internal process and internal, internal check-in with myself to be aware of the privilege that I have and the difference between being connected to um, my brothers and sisters, but also not actually having the black experience, you know, there's, there's a difference. And, um, um, so I, you know, I've been having the space to check in with that and to, you know, not only check in with my, my close friends and people around me who might be experiencing all kinds of different emotions and ways of dealing with this, but also check in internally with myself, you know, right. what, am, what can I do better? What can I be aware of? What can I do better? What can I, um, what can I use my privilege uh, to help? And uh, what can I sort of, you know, start to, to bring to my uh, consciousness of things that I could be doing, you know, better, right? That's just kind of like my internal daily sort of right. check-in. Well, you know, I, within my network, um, my profession, my job as a personal trainer has taken me out of the hood and into more affluent, parts of the community. So, I mean, most of my clients are Caucasian or other ethnicities besides African-American, obviously, because my prices are the way they are. But um, a lot of these people, you know, 
have claimed to use the word family and brothers and friends. I'm your brother, I'm your family, I'm your friend. And it was used a lot. It was used loosely because now in this position where a brother would stand up for a brother or a sister for a sister, there's silence. That support is not there. And I say that to say this, out of my entire network of supposedly friends and family that are not African-American, you've been one of the few to reach out. And in the beginning, because of who I am, I was like, man, you know, we know we reach out, we touch bases every now and then, but you don't be fucking calling me every day on a regular basis. Don't call me, don't be calling me now. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not weak. And that's sort of how my, my pride or my, my ignorance was in the way. And then I was like, hold up, man, this guy's reaching out here because he know you're going through some shit. And like you said, you can't experience it, but you know, I'm going through it. And I just want to say thank you for that. I appreciate it. I understand that you know, to a certain point, you're not going to put your body in harm's way because you got a family you got to take care of. And that's the struggle that I have every fucking day when I get up and go out on this front line. I got an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old. I got a wife. But I just can't remain silent. I can't sit on my ass right now and just let them grow up in the same situations. And I continue to watch a lot of low vibrational shit on social media. The murdering of George Floyd, the murdering of Sandra Bland, the murdering of Trayvon Martin, the murdering of Mike Brown. I watch these things because I have to be reminded of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes, my, my immediate family is important, but this is bigger than us. Yeah. One of the things that has been coming back to mind for me um, is the saying that, you know, when the tide goes out, you can see who's been swimming naked. And when you think about that, you think about when COVID hit, everything was exposed. And on, on a global level, right, this wasn't 9-11 where it affected us nationally. This wasn't a hurricane where it affected us regionally. And it wasn't something that happened locally. It was, it was a global situation of, of like just the whole world was exposed and all of the systems that we live in were exposed. Mm -hmm. And when you think of like a system, any system is a construct of people. It's a belief system that people follow. So when you look at the first wave of what was happening with Corona was the stock market was crumbling and falling in a free fall. And, you know, every day you look at the reports and you'd say, wow, the stock market's crashing the global economy and, 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 and God, it sounds really bad. But then I stopped and thought about it, and I was like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, I'm, I don't have any money in the stock market. And what, is, what does that mean? Like, and I talked to friends of mine from all sort of levels of economic, and most of them, it may, maybe had dimension, maybe got affected, maybe had a little bit of an investment, but most of them were, were not terribly unaffected by the stock market. Ryan, I hear you talking about the system. Right. And how it's abstract or, or it's not real. It's, it's ideas or it's, it's energy. Capital is the energy that's required to move something forward. And all that is speaking upon the current system. What are your feelings on how, how do you feel about the fact that the current system needs to be needs to be removed? It needs to be broken down. It needs to be rebuilt. I was listening to um, a podcast a couple of days ago and the speaker was like, Let, let's take. For example, your mobile phone, your iPhone. 
every three to six months, you get an update. You know, you get a notification that your iPhone, there's new software, there's new features, there's new security updates, and your phone for its protections and its and in order for it to be able to perform to its highest capability, it needs to be upgraded. This system that you're speaking about in the capital and the way things work, that's that's great. But this is the same system. I woke up this morning and I was like, 30 years ago, Rodney King happened. And I don't even need to I don't need to go back further than that. I don't need to go back to Tulsa, Oklahoma and Rosewood. I'm not going to go back that far. I'm just going to go back 30 years ago. And then I was thinking like, OK, all the things that have happened from Rodney King to George Floyd. And quickly, both my hands were filled as far as counting. So that is the same system that has been in place. That is the same system that you're referring to now. I understand that capital is required to move forward, but this system is set up for people of color, for African-Americans specifically, not to move forward. If you want to take a look at a YouTube uh, documentary I watched the other day, it's called Slavery by Another Name. But, um... Yeah, so I'm focusing on this system right now. I'm focusing well, on this forward momentum. Go ahead. Let's keep let, let's keep going. So, so the one thing on the yes, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll circle back around to what I think you're asking, but I think when you, when that, that was just the first system that was exposed for being okay. bullshit, right? All right. And and when you want just to, just to kind of put a cap on that system, the, the generational wealth, the majority of wealth, especially created in this country. Is, is is passed on wealth, and most of it you can attribute back to you know 300 years of slave labor that created a economic gap between the wealthiest families. You know maybe there's 200 wealthy families in the country that have had that wealth for many many generations, and they created this gap, enormous gap, due to slave labor, right? And um, and in the last 20 years, what I think is really interesting is that. You know, you look at 20 years ago in the 90s and, be, and before that, um, athletes and entertainers and entrepreneurs of color were not earning the wealth that they're earning today. Like basketball players, rappers, actors, they weren't making hundreds of millions of dollars, let alone billions, right? Rap was an underground sport, right? And same with basketball, like Magic Johnson, maybe Magic and Jordan, and even then, I don't think they were making the type of money that ball players and stuff are making now. And, um, even the ones that might have been still were not invited to invest at the table with rich white people um, who were really making big moves, right? The they just weren't even right. invited in. The current system, yes. So, but in the last 20 years, that started to shift. And now you have... It started to shift because rappers started owning their own masters because basketball players realized their worth and they refused to sign on the dotted line when yes. they know they're making these organizations yes. millions and millions of dollars without getting millions and millions of dollars themselves. That's why they make that money. But those are the yes. top 5%. Those are very few people but, but, in those but, positions. Right, but the change started to occur, and it doesn't happen as fast right, as we right, all like. Right, 20 years. Right. But, but here's what happens, though. Also, Silicon Valley was a thing that wasn't around 20 years ago that now you're creating new wealth. So Silicon Valley is diverse, and it's not just white people over there that are creating extraordinary wealth. And what happens when you have LeBron who's making a billion dollars or Jay-Z is making a billion dollars, or the Twitter guys make it. What they're doing is they're reinvesting that capital into communities and different people who are there. There's now more 
private equity and investment vehicles, venture capital that is now being deployed back into people of color, women, diversity. Okay, it's okay. Not, it's not so, all so what you're saying, it's, it's what you're saying is that yeah. is a process and it's moving. It really is moving forward. It's, it's getting better. It is. it is moving forward. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's just one system. But when you look at then what happened in COVID, is you also see what other systems were exposed, the healthcare system. You got doctors who were complaining and saying, dude, we, we fucking like, we can't even get masks. And, and, and if, if you got bit by a shark and brought to the hospital and you had some symptoms of COVID, they'd just market as COVID because you can get extra money for marketing as COVID. And that would just fuck up the data that was coming in. And that that almost didn't matter because these hospitals had to stay alive and stay afloat. So like, you know, then you, the, the healthcare system was completely exposed and you go, wow, this whole time, this healthcare system, which we've been screaming at for a long time is bullshit too. Like, it's not even a healthcare system. It's a sick care system because we don't even think about holistic healthcare. Nope, I go to doctors. I don't even go to doctors because when you go to these fucking doctors, they're like, oh, well, you know, you should take this and take this. But they don't talk about, well, are you meditating? Are you exercising? What is your diet like? Are you fasting? Are you like, no one talks about the holistic shit. They only know how to treat things. So the healthcare system is complete bullshit. Right, then right. Then you go, oh, out. what about the education system? Check this out. Well, yeah, but you can keep going, right? So you look at you look at the education system. and You go, why am I like my fucking kid? Like if I if you if you told me like you know you know when when someone says oh my kids are homeschooled, you're like that's weird. But then like now that's just not weird. That's just no, that's just everyone's homeschooled. So you go, wow, the education system is completely stupid. But now what what happened with, with what's going on in the streets and you actually see and we've known for a while that the cop the police system is fucked up. And if you really take the history, it's like police was invented to protect rich white people's property from everyone else. It's not, imbe- not about the community ser- protecting serve the community. So I'm just saying like the, the, the tide is out now. Right. Every fucking system, every system is now being questioned and now and almost disintegrated right before our eyes. So what you have is now you have new ideas that will start to emerge. And again, if systems are only just a construct of ideas that people follow, well now we're wrecking, we're tearing the whole shit up. We're right. burning the shit down, figuratively and literally. And then what happens there when the dust settles? Well, you can look at... Okay, hold on for a second. Hold on. America, you, you, you're younger, yeah, yeah. Than, you're younger yeah. than I am. I need you to hold on before I lose my train of thought. <laughs> you just remember what you want to say. <laughs> All right. So I was about to get on this podcast last night, and I received a text from someone that that I made friends with over this, this past couple months or whatever. And she's more of a, a spiritual, holistic type person and she was like this is all a game this is all a setup you guys don't need to go out there in the street you don't need to be protesting and I was like what are you talking about we're moving forward we're moving but based on because I'm always open I'm always in a position of learning when I first started these protests I wanted to fight I wanted to burn shit up then I realized that wasn't my position I needed to keep people safe now listening to what you're saying and what she said because everything is happening for a reason What you're saying and what she's saying is that program is breaking down. And in order for them to take control of this program, they need to make you go out there and loot and riot. I understand the protesting is going on and that's the positive part of it. But there's pieces that are being put in place to turn those protests into violence. If they turn those protests into violence, then they're able to bring in this thing called martial law. They're able to gain control and sort of make this system that is breaking down that they're trying to fix it. So I kind of understand what you're saying. There is forward progress. There is movement taking place. We're making more, we're getting more capital. We're being put in positions to help our, our, our people move forward a lot quicker than we did 
20 years ago. Not as fast as technology yeah. is moving today, but a lot quicker than we did 20 years ago. So we're moving forward. It just gets to be a little frustrating when you continue to see the things that you see in the street as far as us being murdered. And I understand right now I'm thinking on another level that is there to get us to situations like this so that they can sort of regain control of this system that is breaking down. Are we on the same page with that? Well, 100%, but I, I also would say when you, when, there's always a, you know, it's like, it's like Star Wars. It's, it's a good force and it's a bad force. You, you have all of the generational wealth that has been maintained, that gap, that, the, 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 the moat that's been around the castle for so long is now shrinking and the people are storming the castle. Mm-hmm. And when you when that happens, there's always going to be a resistance that's going to occur. And Trump is a reflection of the resistance that has occurred in the last 20 years where people are saying, oh my God, they're moving in for our shit. And that, that could be applied to race, religion, the other thing, but it's, it's fear of losing out. When I think, there, we can talk about the psychology of that, but I think that, that you've got to expect the resistance and the, and, the, and, and the fight back and the tension there is what builds things, right? The, the friction is what creates new things and it's painful and fucking change is painful and, and, it, and it hurts. And, why, and there's, there's no, you know, George Floyd was a symbol. You know, he's, he's Jesus on the cross, if you will. He's, he's in a weird way, like, and there's people that are assassinating his character and that's all fucking irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The point is, you know, where we are today, that, that was, George Floyd happens all the time. And if you just, it's not on film and not maybe as egregiously, but it was enough in this powder keg, compressed, pressurized shit from fucking, uh, from everything from, from Corona being locked up and all the, all the tide going out to see all the bullshit for us to be like, okay, enough. Mm-hmm. And it sparked it in a big way. But like that, that wasn't the, that's not like, that's going to happen. There's going to be resistance to it. Right? right. And the other side is moving in. You see, when you're out in the streets and you see these things, you know, you see, you're seeing people come and they're organized, you know, these, these alt-right sort of nationalists, you know, guys are moving in and causing and agitating and doing crazy shit. And like, that's all part of the resistance. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get, it's not going to get, it's, it's gonna not going to, you know, before it gets better. Dude, it's an election year. It's, it's an election year. I encourage everyone to go and like check out a documentary on HBO called 1968. It's a mini on 1968. And like, you want to talk about parallel universes, go back to 1968 and compare what's happening now to then. It's, it's almost a, a, a parallel world. We have the assassination only four years after our president was killed right in front of us, four years later, 1968, an election year, you had the assassination of Martin Luther King. You had the assassination of Bobby Kennedy two months later, who had just won the fucking primary, right? Like, we finally had some hope. Because mm-hmm. was running against him was fucking Nixon and George Wallace, bro, right. the two, like, like, probably the most racially charged fucking election ever. You had... Um, you know, all these, all these things, the boycotts in Chicago, the Democratic National Convention in that year was like the most heated riots in, in the streets of Chicago. Um, I mean, it was, you, you would have been in 1968 going, this is the end of times. Right. And, 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 it, and it's very similar to what's happening today. I think what we have is we have the gift and the curse. Again, both sides. It's easy to see both sides of, of all gifts and curses. But the gift and the curse of social media 
And it was social media, it's a gift because we can communicate and organize and share and do all these things. And yeah, it's great. But then it's also paralyzing. It's also toxic because we can point to CNN and Fox and say, wow, those are the great dividers. These media companies are designed to keep tribalism alive. They're not designed to unite us. Mm. Well, fucking social media is not even like, at least you don't, you don't even know. Like, at least I know when I'm watching Fox, I'm watching one side. And I know when I'm watching CNN, I'm watching the other. But with social media, you don't even know the context of what happened before that clip was out. And that spread like wildfire. And everyone is in a bubble because you're only seeing the bubble that you've created. Knowledge from my brother, Ryan Tomlinson. It honestly sounds like he went through a tunnel or something over there on PCH heading back to the valley and lost us. This is, this is complicated, my friends. It's very confusing, it's very emotional, it's very exhausting, but it's also very real. So you gotta understand that everything that you do today is going to be a direct reflection of what you see tomorrow more so than ever in your life what you do today is going to be a direct reflection of what you see tomorrow just think about that sounds like Ryan's back yes sir sorry lost you oh yeah yeah no Um, worries I apologize if uh, I'm going on a rant but like it just it just you know the, the, the summary of what I'm what I'm kind of been playing with is like the idea of like and this is metaf- metaphorically obviously but and it's at the risk of oversimplifying I feel like humanity has been playing with fire we never were equipped to put the fire out if it got out of control mm. and also we're we're primitive we're still very primitive and we're afraid of fire and it's paralyzing and I'll, I'll break that down a little bit is when, when I say playing with fire um I mean, in the sense that, you know, just our evolution has been crazy. Like we've, we've, we've evolved way too fast for our own good. Um, even, even from our ancestors, like you look at a shark or a mosquito, they've been, they've been evolving for, you know, 30 million years to be where they're at. We, we weren't, we haven't been around that long and we were at the bottom of a food chain for many, for most of our existence. And all of a sudden we found fire and we leap forward. We leap into this position of power because now we had fire. And now we weren't afraid of the dark, and now we can fight off, you know, your scarier animals. All right. You know, we're we're fragile, dude. We, you know, you you, you like look at a deer. If, if a deer can't get up and run, it's flint twenty four hours after it's born, it's dead, right? And we we have to be coddled until we're like sometimes into our twenties as a human. <laughs> we're so fucking fragile. Right. So, so and we have fire and bro. Looks like we're going to lose Ryan again, and that's unfortunate. I mean, he's in the car. I'm probably about 30 or 40 miles away from him. We're doing this over the phone. I guess COVID-19 is real, so we're still trying to practice the guidelines and the safety. Um, But he's dropping some jewels, so stick with us if you can. I'm back, brother. Trying this again. So, you know, we were very, very, very fragile up until the, the point where we found fire and all of a sudden we leaped ahead of being this like fragile, scared animal that basically stayed in caves most of the time. And we were afraid of the dark and, and, you know, afraid of everything until all of a sudden we, we become this you know, dominant animal. And that happened very fast and we weren't prepared for it. 
And then fire is really our first technology. And then leaping ahead, not that very far into the future, we find science and we find the stars and we think we know what we're talking about until we don't, right? Until, you know, that, that all changes. Right. But think about, the la- think about the last 50 years. Think about the last 30 years. We go from not having, you know, these, we go from basically typewriters to, to fucking iPhones that are an extension of our consciousness and social media. And those are only things that, are, that have been around for only a few years and we really don't understand it yet. And so when we think of social media, wow, isn't it wonderful that I can post the pictures of my food and my kids and my, you know, protests and all this stuff. But like, really, we don't even understand the effects that it has on our social psyche. And, mm-hmm. and, it's, and then really the idea of just like, it's like all ego, right? It's all like, I got to post and if I don't post, then I'm fucked up. If I do, I got I to gotta constantly create this like social image of myself and my family. Otherwise, you know, it's like, it's just complete bullshit that I don't think we understand the effects of what it does to our kids and our social constructs. And so we've played with that fire and we've played with the fire of, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and then all of a sudden the house caught on fire. And like I said, my second point is we were never equipped to put put the the fire fire out out once the building, we just don't know. We don't know now. So so now when you look at the streets and you look at what's happening and the cops and the system and here and there, and we don't even know. And so now the entire building is burning and we don't know how to contain the fire. And we're running around frantically trying to throw buckets of water at it. And it's, it's, it seems futile, right? To like put out a, a scolding fire in a building with buckets of water and squirt guns. And that's what we're doing. And then the second thing is, this is the last part, right? Which is my last piece of this is that we're still very primitive and afraid of fire. I go all the way back to the first. We are still paralyzed by fire. We're fucking terrified of our own demise and our own, and our own construct. So we, we stand... Not knowing, and I've seen this around. I've had conversations, really tough ones, in the last couple of days with friends on both sides of the equation, mostly on mostly on my side of the equation, which is you know people in the cause. But you know there there are there is backlash from anybody who's not posting anything. People wow. go, well, how can you not post? Your silence is you know it means you're not backing me. And I, then I, I got a quick post, question. Go, I got a quick yeah. question. Yeah. Um, I watched The Rock speak about the situation a couple of days ago on social media and his catchphrase was, where are you? And this was a message to the commander in chief, like, where are you? Your nation is in distress. Where are you to step up and lead us? And honestly, I just think that he every day shows you his true color. Every day he shows you his true agenda. So you just spoke about speaking to friends on both sides well, I, I I've, I've been unfortunate. I don't, I, don't, I don't have many friends on the other side, to be honest. But, well, speaking but, um, to speak to people yeah. on the other side, and I'm just curious if you can just enlighten me slightly. Like, what are they thinking? Are they? I, I mean, because for me, but, I'm like, okay, it's clear to me. I think it's clear to me what Donald Trump's agenda is. Is it? I don't know what his agenda is. He, I don't know. Like. I don't know that he, I don't think, I think people give him too much credit. Right. He don't know what he's doing. Basically, that's what you're saying. I don't think so. Maybe he does. Maybe he does now, but maybe, I don't know. I can't figure him out. You know what? I I, I don't even try to because I'm so far disconnected from that. And I don't, I, I, I just know that we got to, we got to change it up. And I know that it's a reality. Smack us in the face and said, look, look what we created. Look at this. Look at at what we put. But on the other side, bro, I can't figure it out. I, 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 you know, I very quickly made the mistake of looking on the other side. I, I, I know some people who I assume would be connected to people that are not inside my bubble 
and I checked out their feed and sort of like look, look at the comment threads and I see things that it just it's just it's it, it's utterly disappointing and but what beyond it I I hear a lot of I hear a lot of pain it's like what we said it's like the, the people that have benefited from privilege or the people that have benefited from living in a bubble um kind of see it closing in a little bit and that's right. probably terrifying for them it's probably right. terrifying and I, and I so I, I feel like everything always has to come from either fear or love and I feel like if you if you can't accept that the system that you're benefiting from doesn't be- benefit everyone equally and that that's not okay and that we need to make a better way and that's not a zero-sum game that doesn't mean that you now have to give up everything you have so that someone else can gain something I feel like that's what I think it feels like to them right like, oh, I got to give up my way of life, my values, and all the stuff that I've done on my own, so to speak. Right. So that this other, and I'm, and I'm not down for that. And you hear that all the time. It's like, why do I have to pay more in taxes just so that my neighbor can get health care? Fuck that. And you're like, what? Like, right. in, in my mind, I'm going like, what neighborhood do you want to live in that you're living great and your neighbors are sick? Like, I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right. Do you know what I mean? But that's the mentality. And I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of try to close with this idea is that, um, and this, this, I think right now the front and center piece of this is, is racial and it's, and it's inequality and the idea that any, I mean, it's like, it fucking drives me crazy. And I was like, all lives matter. It's like, dude, I don't want to get into that. But right. the, the, the point is, the point is that like right now it's racially charged and, and that is the focal point. And that's what we need to, uh, use as the sort of like the topic of the day to kind of figure this out. But what I think what will start to unfold when, when this opens up and it really becomes in the healing again, is that we'll start to see that there's actually, it's, this is a, this is a class issue. Also, this is a, this is an economic inequality that really drives a lot of this stuff too. And, and that will start to be opening and we'll look to, it, it's weird, but like, talk about a Jesus moment, like African-Americans, like right now are, are that like for us, it's a vehicle for opening up all other areas of equality for everyone. Right. Cause everyone, no matter what, remember what I talked about above the poverty line, you're in a bubble and you have blind spots, but no pain below right. the poverty line. You don't have blind spots, but you have pain spots, right? So like everyone, no matter where you are, think about this age, you've, every one of us has been younger than someone. And, and, and as a younger person, we see all the shit that the older people don't see. The older people have blind spots, mm-hmm. but we have young people have pain. We're like, why aren't they listening to me? Cause I'm, I see. And, and so no matter who you are, what race you are, you've always been on one side of the poverty line and the other side simultaneously, depending on where you are. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So for example, like you're, you're an African-American, you, you've, you've on one hand, you're on the other side of one poverty line, but think about an immigrant who comes from like, who escapes fucking like some crazy, you know, Sinaloa shit in Mexico and, and comes across the border and gets here, you know, to, to, to get away from bondage and slavery. And now they're in America, you're in America, but you have a, you have a privilege over them because you're a native who speaks the language who's in the system where they don't, they're, they're disconnected. So you as a, as a, as a black man now have a privilege over someone else at some point in their life. Right. So you, so on every, that makes sense. Like, there's always a sort of scale of where we are. I almost kind of want to argue that as a black man, I don't have privilege over anybody, even the Mexican that came across the border, but I'm not going to go there. We're going to stay focused. But, I mean, look, okay, how about a refugee from fucking Syria who, like, you, like... A refugee from Syria is going to come here with a different skin color, and based on this system, he's going to be allowed to do things that I'm not allowed to do. Slavery I mean, by another look, we, name. We, we, yeah, we yeah. can go back and forth, but right. a refugee from Syria is is... 
does not have a different skin color and is always going to look like a refugee. You know what I mean? Like right, right, right. But anyway, my, my point in trying to say this is that at some point we're all in this, in this, in this, I'm trying to find the empathy line where we can all be empathetic right. across the board. And, and I guess at the end of the day, like what, what, uh, I, I hope and what I see, and I'm starting to see day by day, little by little is that more and more people in a, in a mixed group of people are showing up right. to, they're showing up with their with their emails and their calls to the to the state assembly and and, and city council. They're showing up with their dollars in certain areas. They're showing up to make, you know, to, like I, I feel it. It's all not right. fast. It's not happening all at once. But I feel it, and I feel optimistic about the potential that this is going to bring a lot of fucking people together and continue to expose the people who won't jump on board. And if we can't reach them through empathy. And I just think, well, I, I, I don't know. I'm being, I'm being a super fucking white guy, optimistic, privileged, whatever. I'm just being, I'm trying to find that because, like you said, we need the fuel for some hope to come back and like to, to keep us going to fight this thing. And I hope it doesn't wear off. And, and I know that there'll be, there'll be more casualties and more violence and more of this and that. But all right. I'm trying to find a silver lining. Growth is, all I can growth do is, is pain. Service growth is pain. I mean, when you're born yeah. into this into this world, you're coming through your you know you're born. The birth process is pain, but it, it, from mm. but from it comes a beautiful thing. So that's that's mm. what I stay on. I stay on the fact that we're moving forward. I definitely made an attempt not to interrupt anything that you were saying with all of my views because you have a different point of view, and I think it's very important that you share it with our listeners. So again, I appreciate you. I love you. Stay safe. And uh, you got anything else for me? No, I, you know, I love you too. And I, and I always, you know, you'd already know that. And, and there's, I appreciate you for giving me a forum to even speak because honestly, like I said in the beginning of this, like you're going to get me started and I'm definitely going to record and start saying shit. I, and it might, you know, some of the things I say, I'm sure are going to rub people the wrong way. And people are going to be like, who the fuck is this white guy, you know, talking to, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I appreciate you. And, and, you know, you know, that's, it. that's all I got to say. And I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm standing in solidarity with you and, and anything you need and, and I'm here and that's all. And I, I really appreciate you. And thank you. Yeah. Thank sure. you. I'm standing in solidarity with you. Ryan mentioned at some point in the interview that we were people playing with fire and we didn't know how we were going to put it out. Well, I think I know. We're gonna put it out together. One people, one race, one love.